0: It's Tuesday, November 28th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, recently uh, Dr. Rick and I had the opportunity to be in Bangalore for the World Without Orphans Summit and one of the great rewards and just gifts of the Lord from that summit was to meet my brother Rufus from Chennai, India and we are just privileged to have uh, Rufus today on the podcast and uh, I'm going to let Rufus introduce himself and, and tell you a little bit more about his ministry, but but before I do, just I just know that you will be encouraged by the way the Lord has moved this brother out of the corporate world into ministry, and just to hear the things that the Lord is doing through him.
1: So, brother, just introduce yourself and, and let people know who you are. Thank you, Herbie. It's a joy to be with you uh, and join you in this podcast, and um, uh, I, I'm Rufus, and my wife, Cherub, and I. Um, God has blessed us with three children Sakshi who's 10, Stuti who's 8 and Ashish who's 3.5 and And it's a joy to join you here in this podcast, Herbie Amen, just uh, talk about the call of the Lord on your life and
0: obviously you uh, were working in the corporate world and the Lord called you out of that into ministry just talk through that, about how the Lord called you through that and just some of the details of that.
1: Sure, Herbie so basically, I grew up in a, a, in a missional family. Uh, my dad was a, a medical missionary and uh, we lived in a village. And growing up, we uh, we went on medical mission trips to North India to different uh, interior places where uh, many unreached people groups were. These were tribal groups uh, living in interior jungle places. So um, always this remained in my heart and in my mind uh, as I was growing up to see the need in our nation and uh, God used this um, as we uh, as we were going through in our lives and uh, I, I had to decide to go into the corporate world to become a CEO of a large corporation, get into the uh, business world and climb up the corporate ladder and I finished my bachelors in commerce, my MBA and got into a leading bank in India, started rising up the corporate ladder, got an overseas posting in the Middle East, worked in Bahrain and Dubai for a little while and uh, but slowly I realized that this was not the path that uh, I want to pursue there was a cost to it and uh, that did not give meaning and purpose though I enjoyed being part of the corporate world um, I knew God uh, had other plans. Uh, As we were working in the corporate world uh, me and my wife we were very involved in missions uh, as well we were uh we used to take teams on mission trips to different parts of north india we were involved in uh, ministry and outreach to um, young working professionals challenging them for missions and uh, being involved in missions uh, but it was in 2011 that uh, god um, i sensed god calling us into moving into a full-time role and i shared that with my wife and she said let's pray about it and then decide um Few years earlier, before we got married, when we first met, uh, met up, and um, one of the things I shared with my wife was, uh, right now I'm in a good corporate job, but if God calls me for missions, I'd be moving. And she was uh, in full agreement to that. And so finally, when the call came, uh, she she said yes, we will move into it. And we prayed for a year and then it was in 2014 that we moved into uh, the mission world. But as we were waiting for the um, uh, move from the corporate world into the mission world, um, we were praying and waiting on the Lord and asking what he wanted us to do. And uh, I was doing a lot of research in terms of what's God doing globally at a macro level. Um, Initially, we thought we'll go to Africa. So we, in fact, planned a trip to go to um, Nairobi, Kenya. And as we were doing the research, we found out that uh, more than half of the unreached people groups live in North India. Mm. Out of the 3,000 unreached people groups, more than uh, 1,500 live in uh, North India. So if this is where 50% of the whole unreached people group are, this is the most strategic part. So uh, we thought we'll give in our um, life for the cause of reaching out to the unreached people groups. And then um, as we were doing more research, we came across the 414 window. Uh, Basically, this is um, the window where Um, research shows that 85% of everyone who come to know the Lord, come to know the Lord in the age group of 4 to 14. So, if this is a strategic group, so within the 1040 world, the 414, the the place where both these merge is the most strategic place where we wanted to uh, kind of serve and uh, give our lives to the cause. And um, again, I also introspectively doing an assessment of my life. uh, What are the gifts that God has given me? Uh, The spiritual gifts that God has given me. So, I came came to know it was more around serving giving, and leadership, and so I wanted to use the experience that I had in the leadership in the corporate world uh, to serve children mm. to reach and serve children in the unreached areas in India um, through serving uh, the, the body of christ amen and uh, I just
0: I know we have talked so many times now, but one of the things that Just has been so refreshing is how much of our stories are so similar from coming to the corporate world into ministry. You have three kids, two girls and a son. I have a son and two girls. Uh, But also, you know, the call for me into ministry with children, especially was remembering when the Billy Graham Association came out with this research. And, and initially it was, you know, 4 to 18. And now that window is shrinking and it's become so much more strategic. And uh, so just, just talk a little bit about your engagement with the 414 movement and, and the things that you're able to do and that the Lord's opened up for you in that 414 window.
1: Sure, hubby. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, 414 uh, is basically uh, the the age group of children between the ages of 4 to 14. Um, and this is the most uh, strategic period of uh, reaching out to children because it is at this age that children are most receptive uh, to the gospel. They are, they are in a phase in life where uh, they are uh, eager to learn the, and the development of the child is at the maximum. And um, just to give you a context, India um, alone has close to 500 million children who are less than 18 years old. And one in every five children across the world lives in India. So that's the magnitude of the um, opportunity that we have in India to reach out to the 414ers. Um, And the 414 movement is basically to challenge the church um, and the mission world to take children more intentionally, to reach out to children. And the four pillars would be to reach, rescue, root and release children. Uh, Let me just briefly explain. Reach is basically to evangelize children who are outside the church. Uh, Rescue is to uh, rescue children from bondage, um, whether it's child labor or sex slave trade and whatever, um, rescue them. And root is to basically root them in the, how do we root them in the word of God? Uh, And this is more for children within the church um, uh, boundaries. And release is, um, to release the children as uh, missions of the agent, Mm. um, agents of the mission, because uh, we have a perspective that children are just... um, uh, are there to listen to what we need to say. But if we have a paradigm shift where they also join us in the mission of reaching out, they are excellent, uh, excellent in terms of reaching out to uh, children outside. And um, that's why we are in the 414 uh, window. And what the three broad areas that we're working here in India are um, basically around advocacy, training and resources. Um, advocacy, we want to basically vision cast to pastoral leaders, to church leaders, uh, mission organization leaders and challenge them to take children more intentionally. And uh, and how do we equip the church to engage the next generation? Mm-hmm. How do we train them? How do we upskill them? How do we resource them? So that's where we um, go around, uh, whether it's different pastoral meetings, pastoral mm-hmm. networks, share and vision cast for the uh, cause of the 414. The second big thing that we're doing is uh, training, offering training to uh, Sunday school teachers, leaders and volunteers who serve in reaching out to children and um that's a big uh, thing that we do um within the 414 world and the last um challenge is how do we resource the church with curriculum uh technology and tools mm-hmm. to reach out to children so we um we partner with um children's ministry resourcing organizations and help them distribute these through the church and mission world across the country and so this is what we kind of do within the yeah. 414 world <laughs> amen wow. I mean, to know how many children are in this country
0: and uh, that just just coupled with how many unreached people groups that there are. And so when you really think of that 414 window, that is is an unreached people group in and of itself. And there's so many things that we need to do uh, to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and so many of those kids, as you know as well in India, are also those without families. Uh, and so just to be strategic, to to show the gospel through the way we care for orphans and realize that these these children are at a ripe time to hear and to receive the gospel. The, the Holy Spirit is alive and active uh, and, and, and using this ministry. And so I, we just pray for that work. And one of the things I love just about what the Lord called you and your family into, Rufus, was I remember you telling me that, you know, he called us not to join just one ministry, but to be a consultant so that we could work for several ministries. And the work that you do for the 414 is volunteer work. Um, and then you also are able to work with uh, unreached people groups and helping to mobilize the, the church here in India to go and reach out into northern India to those
1: unreached people groups. Talk a little bit more about just the work with the unreached and unengaged. Yes. So um, as I shared, shared earlier I mean um, out of the 6000 plus uh, people groups across the world, uh, 3000 uh, plus people groups are unreached and out of which around 1500 are uh, are in India alone, in North India alone and out of these 1500, um, one of the latest statistics Um, show that around 600 of these people groups are unengaged which means uh, there's no church or no mission organization trying to reach out to um, somebody in this people group and uh, the interesting part of this um, unreached people group is uh, there has been a lot of research that's been going on several uh, churches and mission organizations are very involved in reaching out to these uh, to the people in the unreached people groups Uh, but there's an interesting uh, dynamic or paradigm shift that's happening within the uh, current context where um, we are seeing a huge urbanization happening uh, which is which is um, making a lot of people from the unreached people groups come into urban context, whether mm. it 's large cities like Mumbai or Delhi. Uh, Hyderabad mm. Bangalore chennai where there 's a lot of um, economic activity mm. happening, so this is bringing um, not in hundreds but in thousands and tens and thousands of people into these cities um, as laborers mm. as workers, and so. Uh, There's a huge opportunity that the urban church in India has to, um, in terms of reaching out to these Mm. unreached people groups. So long it was always thought of going um, into the interior villages and into the jungles Mm. to reach the unreached people group. But uh, with the current um, uh, economic boom that's happening in India, God is bringing these unreached people from these unreached people groups into the cities. So we, the urban church, have an opportunity to reach out to them. And uh, that's a huge opportunity. So one of the things we're doing is challenging church leaders and mission leaders to reach out to uh, these um, migrants who Mm. live in the urban context. And children do form a large part of this Mm. as well because they move as families. And children just stay along with these families in the construction site or just in sheds and stuff Mm. like that. Amen. And isn't that awesome? Because we see that the word of God, even when it says that,
0: the, the, the heart of the King is like a stream of water in the hand of our Lord. And as we've been praying for so many years about how do we reach the unreached and the unengaged, huh, God in His sovereignty is bringing them to us through this global modernization and urbanization. And and hopefully and prayerfully, maybe some of these unreached people groups will come uh, to these cities, will hear the gospel from the local church, and then we'll go back and take that gospel. Yes. And so what a beautiful picture. And so I, I just, just, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in india to be bold to be strategic in the way that they approach these literally these unreached people groups are coming like you said to chennai and bangalore and and new delhi and mumbai and hyderabad and uh just 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 encourage brother by the way that you're thinking strategically about that and then last you know We laugh, kind of what pays the bills, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. And I know for a lot of families that may be listening to this, they've packed a shoebox and sent it around the world. And you get the opportunity not just to pack a box with your family, but also to be the recipient of those boxes. Talk a little bit about what does it look like from being a recipient of these shoeboxes and how are those boxes being used in the lives of children for the gospel around the
1: world? Yeah, so uh, I I serve here in uh, India as an international field representative uh, for Operation Christmas Child and we have a seven member um, IFR team and we work along with the leadership team of each of the states and uh, who receive the boxes and the state leadership team in turn uh, distributes these boxes through the local church as much as uh, boxes are collected by the local church in the Western context, it's Mm -hmm. distributed through the local Mm -hmm. church. Just here in um, India and other parts of the world, and um, the boxes are given to needy children, whether it's slum children, uh, children with disabilities, children um, vulnerable children, orphans, and uh, children from economically backward uh, communities. And so, for many of them, this is the very first time they receive a gift. Uh, because the concept of gift is not there in villages. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, only city kids have the opportunity of birthdays and Thanks. gifts. So for the first time, they're receiving a gift and to receive a box full of gifts is such a joy. And when we go around visiting and distributions, just to see the joy of these kids mm-hmm. is such a, uh, it brings us so much uh, meaning and purpose for us to, uh, see how this large program which galvanizes so many children in the West to pack a box and then to see how another child with the same box is impacted uh, mm. receiving the box and the child also has the opportunity to hear the gospel and go through a discipleship program or 12-week discipleship mm. program. Uh, so the box is just not a um, an economic gift but an opportunity mm. to hear the gospel and uh, we compare how the gift um, of salvation is free and how we give this gift as a free a free gift to the child and uh, compared to the, the enormous free gift and free gift of salvation that the child can receive.
0: Brother, I, I will tell you what a what a blessing it is to know you and uh, what a, what a testimony to the body of Christ and what joy and what a gift it is to be called brothers and children and children of the Most High God because it links us together where we didn't know each other a month ago and now truly know that you're my brother but also a friend. And I just hope you've been encouraged to hear uh, our brother Rufus just talk about the ways that the Lord is, is calling him into ministry and using him in ministry and just the strategy of from Operation Christmas Child of giving these gifts to a child and sharing the gospel within the 414 window as well as just realizing that through the 414 window we can reach unreached people groups for the glory of God to the nation's And so just be encouraged that the Lord is at work. He is on the prowl and he is working in our world so that one day we can truly see every tribe, every tongue, and every nation come to hear of the glorious riches of Christ Jesus, our King. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender
1: Podcast.